you know what? I will introduce these two gentlemen here. These guys have an incredible career. Uh, Mr. Kayo uh, has been performing full-time since 2009, uh, but starting doing stand-up uh, five years uh, previous to this. Uh, he and Montreal comic Derek Seguin headlined the Ride for Dad in Whitehorse, also appeared on Comedy Network, Just for Laugh, Halifax, CBC's The Debaters, XM Radio, He has a weekly radio show before two-time Comedy Award nominee. Uh, he was touring the world to entertain the troops in Kuwait, Iraq, Dubai, and Abu Dhabi, and continue interning people after in Asia and Australia. Among the A-list comedian, Kayo has uh, worked with some amazing comedian like uh, Jeff Foxworthy, uh, the late legendary uh, Joanne Rivers, and Martin Short. Uh, you have an incredible resume, uh, Lars. Uh, welcome with us today. And good hey, job reading it right off the internet. That's really great. And, that and the whole <laughs> fucking resume right off that, the that's, that's right. That's right. I, I, I got I to be prepared. And uh, he has been touring clubs and theater across North America for the past few years. And his debut concert album, New Fee Octopus, is the bestseller on CD Baby and on iTunes. Whether he's raging on politics of describing life with his children, he brings us into his perspective without preaching any selfish point of view. Montreal-based Derek Seguin has performed at the prestigious Invitation Only Just for a Laugh Festival, an impressive six times. Last year, he filmed a gala from HBO at the festival where he received a stand-up ovation at the city of 3,500 seats. Place des Arts, which is a really great venue. GQ magazine comedy editor reported that Montreal comic direct Seguin stole uh, one of the most uh, star-studded gala show last year from uh, Whitney Cummings. Uh, he appeared uh, in the Nasty Show. I think it's the Nasty Show, uh, the one with Mike Ward there, uh, Derek? Mike, uh, he's been the host of it, yeah. Yeah, that was a great show. Uh, he, he also proceeded to steal, he steal it too. Like, you're a beast, buddy. I got to tell you one thing, man. You're a beast. And you also uh, participated to the CBC TV show, uh, The Debaters. Thanks uh, for uh, letting me know that I haven't updated my resume since 2015. Buddy, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will email you everything I got here in files. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Go ahead. I think it would have been hilarious if you read my bio and then went, and we also have Derek's again. He's toured clubs and colleges for the past few years and they just moved on. <laughs> that, that would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. Hey, thanks for both of you, by the way, uh, for being, uh, for not being in the creep list that's been going on in Montreal. I don't know if you heard about that. Lars. So I just read it today. Somebody just sent it to me. That's right. Lars, we have uh, actually, we lost about uh, three, four, uh, three, four uh, uh, guests. Yes, comedian, because uh, of that list. So I, I'm so glad you guys are not on that list. I'll explain to you, Lars, is a little list. It's like uh, people are um, uh, exposing uh, guys that whether did uh, sexual assault or whatever, a little bit of... Dude, dude, it covers everything from... Hey, you look nice in that shirt to full on anal rape. It even no, says yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of the thing, we're not going to give you any details of anything they've done. We're mm -hmm. trusting the victims that they're being truthful. And yeah. uh, just to say that these people have allegedly done inappropriate things. Dude, uh, it's a fucking crazy list. I see it's 
there's That's people crazy. that you I won't name their name because I don't I, no, don't, no. I don't have any proof that it's real. No. But Lars, there's people that you and I know well on this list. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think um, it was a heavy, heavy, heavy start to the podcast. Yeah. But it is. An, <laughs> it is an, an incredibly necessary conversation. Now. Um, I, I, that's you worded it very perfectly, Derek, in that you believe them to be truthful. This is very important because of the difficulty of them coming out and the difficulty of them speaking out. This is a hard thing to do. And so I like the way you worded that. I don't know if I've ever heard it worded better. Um, there was a, and, and just before I say this next little piece, just so people know, I, I you know, when it comes to women, I don't have any of that shit in my past, but there's other stuff. So, <laughs> so, so everybody has some, you know, you know, hopefully we are better going forward than we were. So I learned something from a Wayne Gretzky autobiography that actually would have kept me off that list. And I'll tell it real quickly. You're so, up in the corners. <laughs> no, no, no. When I was 13, I read his biography and it said his dad had always said to him, don't put yourself in a position where your, your integrity could be questioned. And so he said, if Wayne Gretzky was on an elevator by himself, if a woman got on the elevator and it was just the two of them, he would step off the elevator. No way. So I, don't I, ever, I believe that. Yeah, so always be classy and respectful, but don't oh, yeah. put yourself in a position where somebody could say something. So there's a very wonderfully funny comedian, um, and uh, she, she was starting out in comedy, and I had a gig an hour and a half from Edmonton. is in Red Deer. Yep. And if they do, sometimes for the listeners who might not be comedians, um, sometimes there's a hotel sponsor, so the hotel room is free. And sometimes the venue has to pay for the hotel. So if they have to pay for a hotel, we do something called a hotel buyout. So let's say the hotel was $100, they give us 80 bucks, we save them $20, we get an extra 80, we do a hotel buyout. So I say to this young female comedian, very funny, by the way, and um, I, I could say her name, but I don't want to... Um, in case she doesn't want me to, but so I said to her, if, if there's a hotel buyout, you can come and you can open the show. Um, but if it's a sponsored hotel, we'll book you for another gig. And it was one of her first times on the road. She's like, Oh, I want to go. I want to go. And I go, I know you do. It's very exciting to go on the road as a new comedian. It's very exciting, but we are not staying in the same hotel room together. That's not happening. And she goes, well, I, you know, I've been enacting my whole life. I, um, I've stayed, you know, changed like dressing rooms with guys and I've, you know, been in hotel rooms with, with other actors. And I go, okay, it doesn't matter. but I'm not putting myself in a position where somebody could claim something happened. So yeah. if there's a hotel buyout, you can come and you can open the gig and we'll drive home after if there, if it's a sponsored hotel room, I'm going to stay in the hotel so I can stay and drink with my friends, but I'll put you on another show. There's going to be other shows. This isn't the last show. And they did the hotel buyout and she came and opened the show. But throughout my career, I've been doing this 17 years, learning that from Wayne Gretzky when I was 13, don't put yourself in a position. There, there is not a female comedian. And I mean, this is issuing a, a challenge, I don't think, but there's not a female comedian around the world who, who has ever seen a picture of my penis. Not one. Never sent a, a <laughs> dick pic to a, to a female, com uh, male comics. I send them to the male comedians. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I have a whole file folder on my desk. <laughs> angry, <I'm> happy. <laughs> <laughs> Looks so, fantastic in a top hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there you go. And, and it's yeah. spectacular. I mean, it's impressive, but yeah. um, there's, I wish I could remember which female comedian said this. Um, and it's such a great, it's the best description of a, of a dick pic I've ever heard. 
And she said, oh, God, I wish I could credit the joke. If anybody knows this joke, please message me who the, who the author was. She said, when a guy sends a dick pic, it's a lot like when my cat brings me a dead mouse. i can i can see you're very proud but i'm not gonna touch it yeah wow exactly well anyway yeah yeah it's something it's something that caught my attention in the past few days just like derek and there's a lot of name dropping but we cannot uh discriminate the people that actually uh try to expose these people. There is some real victims. But anyway, uh, the, the thing that... The there is, but it's, it's, hard, it's hard to know that they're, it's if they're all real or somebody's just pissed off, right? And there's zero, zero... Um, zero evidence wait. Right For instance, somebody, somebody a fan uh, wrote to me wanting to do an interview, and I'm like, I don't want to do this interview because they're like, oh, what do you think of everything that's happening in the comedy community? This is when the Chris D'Elia thing hit. Mm. They're like, yeah. uh, it seems like the comedy oh, yeah, community yeah. is really deteriorating, you know, uh, you know, Bill Cosby and Louis C.K. and now Chris D'Elia. And I'm like, what the fuck? Those are three different, you know, yeah. listen, the, different cases, very different very fucking different. things. Like, yeah. for, put it this way, if any of those people did to one of my daughters what they're accused of doing, I would definitely attack all three of them. Bill Cosby, though, I would attack until it was fucking dead. You know, Louis C.K., I'd punch him in the face and be like, dude, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, Chris yeah. D'Elia, you know, like, I'm like, dude, you know, like, again, it's not what they're accused of, at least what they put in the, in the media. They're not the same crime. It's like when my mom used to say fucking smoking a joint is the same as doing heroin. Okay, both of them are good for my health, mom. But that's, see, they're not they're not the same thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Bill Cosby fucking systemic systematically raping people, drugging them and raping them for yeah, fifty yeah. years. That, that's a little major. different than <laughs> can I jerk off on your plant? Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's fucking different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So having this list in Quebec, as much as I want to empower men and women. Yeah. To uh, women and men, I should say, I should probably accentuate the women part more to come forward when people do wrong by them. Uh, this list, I don't know, is the best way when it's no. The, I, I well, uh, we, we're gonna close that really quick here, but I really think that using the social media uh, to do denunciation the way they do, I don't think is the right thing. I think if something really happened, it's really serious. You call the police and you let the justice. Uh, do the things i yeah that's what i believe so anyway i i wanted you guys to thank you about you know not being on one of those lists as i Mm -hmm. said it's been really uh Uh, the podcast is young the podcast is (laughs) 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 so anyway i I reached to you guys uh from the beginning because i follow both of you on social media and uh, i like how both of you uh have uh dealt with uh the covid lockdown and everything i did notice uh, uh lars doing his things and uh uh, Derek, also, you guys have a two different approach uh, about this. Uh, also, uh, when, when most of, especially when most of the performer has completely shut down, uh, you guys have been really active, which is good. Uh, I don't know if you uh, if you guys follow uh, Derek on Instagram. Uh, I mean, uh, I feel I feel like we know each other, Derek, in so many ways. Uh, from the morning, <laughs> from the morning in bed, and uh, with you with the beer and a cigarette, shirtless, standing on your newly built uh, backyard deck. Uh, are, are you a carpenter or something? I am now, apparently. Until dick jokes become legal again, I'm fucking I'm a carpenter. <laughs> I, 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 was just, I was just telling uh, Dan about, uh, I, I think Derek not only built all his backyard, his deck and everything, but I'm pretty sure his neighborhood, his 
whole neighborhoods probably have new shit going on. Like new I stuff. I fixed my neighbor's garage door yesterday. I re replaced uh, one of those spring thing and the wire that pulled the thing up. That's fucking incredible. Like I wish I, you I, could see the camera's not good quality, but I have like mechanic hands because there was all grease on her garage buddy. door. The guy, the guy never stopped. I mean, as I said, I, I see all your uh, your video and, and all that. And it's really amazing. I, it, it gets to the point that the other day I went on my deck here and I was shirtless, beer in my hand, a cigarette. And my, my wife came to me. She's like, what are you doing there, shirtless? I said, well, Derek does it. She's like, Derek, <laughs> is that the guy that explained how, how to, to women, how to make a blowjob or whatever? I said, no, actually, that, I, I, there I we said, go. I'm on I, the list. There you go. I said, I, I said, no, Derek is the guy that was lucky enough to find a girl that knows how to do a blowjob. So oh. I, I've been, so, so yeah, so I've been, uh, yeah, for, for the so past month on the deck last month. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah for, for the past month, I didn't have any uh, special favors or anything, but uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So anyway, Derek, uh, how, like, I mean, other than that, uh, you've been starting your own your own thing too. Uh, they call it the Panderic, which is if you want to explain to us, I believe it's uh, you do comedy online. There, uh, there you go. He's got the shirt, really nice shirt with a mask, and he smoke a cigarette through the mask, which is great. It's great. Do you want to explain to us a little bit your concept there about the Panderic? Hmm. Well, I've been doing online show uh, that uh, just because I felt like I needed to be doing shows. I felt uh, like see, I, after a while, like because the whole world is on lockdown now, Lars, and you might be the same as me. I when I it goes too long without doing a show, I see, and I get all like, God, I got this time. It was like three or four weeks before I was really yeah. feeling it because the whole world was different, right? So it wasn't getting to me as much. But then I'm like, I have to do something. So I just did an online show where I had Zoom and YouTube. Yep. And uh, and then when they the, the law in Quebec opened up a bit that you were allowed to have 10 people in your yard, I had 10 people in my yard while doing the live show on Zoom and podcast and uh, YouTube. Oh, you got people in your yard too. That's good. Yeah. That's and good. now I think we can go up to 20 people now. So uh, uh, I just announced that I'm going to do one more at least uh to see because things start open up here in quebec like the comedy nest just opened last week yeah uh, so there are shows happening to a maximum of 50 people or whatever with social distancing and the front row is like six feet away which is really weird and the audience is wearing masks so you're like fuck if, if the person doesn't jiggle when they laugh you don't even know like i realized <laughs> yeah with people wearing a mask i'm like you your eyes look exactly the same when you're furious as when you're laughing I see it's, it's hard to tell <laughs> if they're not jiggling i don't know if they're laughing I'm like, what the fuck? You got you to see their I, shoulder. Yeah. You got to see their this, shoulder. Yeah, yeah, their yeah, shoulder yeah, have to yeah, go yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> I've also realized that uh, I didn't know this, but I, I, I think I've been deaf my whole life. Because oh. talking, talking to somebody who's wearing a mask without seeing their lips, I have no fucking idea what they're saying. I'm just like, I, I, don't, I try to turn my ear to like, okay, focus more. Nope, I'm, I'm deaf. I have to read lips to communicate with people. Yeah, that's what usually you guys do. I can't imagine. <laughs> like I get to the cash at the grocery store and they she threw the mask telling me an amount and I'm just like I hold up all my money I'm like I don't know what you said there take whatever, take whatever you need <laughs> how much you need so get get a, a handful of change just help yourself whatever there was a place in Quebec they call the aquarium where uh, you have all the fish and all that and people would go there park there and when they horn 
or flash their light, that means that they, they're willing to hook up with you. There was a, a gay people that would uh, <laughs> meet up in that place. But anyway, just, just a thought. Just, just a thought. <laughs> I, hate, I hate to be the guy that has to clean out the aquarium at that oh place. Oh my God, eh? Uh, that, 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 was, that was the spot, though. That was the spot. Rob, uh, Rob Pugh had a, had a great... Um, he described doing the drive-in comedy show. And he said... Uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, the thing about being a stand-up comedian, it becomes instinctual to understand which direction the crowd wants you to go. Mm-hmm. So you can feel which, you know, you make these instantaneous decisions on how to go with a joke or which material to use based on how the crowd is responding to other material. And he said in, you know, in a drive-in theater, without being able to hear their instantaneous responses you don't know which direction to go with the material because it's not like you're just going to go up and do this half hour or this 45 minutes you base that on how they're responding to things and not having that it it really you're like i just have to assume this is the material that i should be doing yeah yeah. So, so Derek, how, how everything went with Because uh, I remember your first uh, pen, Derek, that you did there. Uh, I was following you on Instagram, of course, and I think you had a little bit of weather problem. I, I don't know if I'm wrong there. And uh, how, how everything goes, like in terms of uh, response from people. They've been the first one I did. I was overwhelmed with the response the, 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 yeah. to the point where I was like, "Wow, I have I have to share some of the money with other comedians that are not, you know, working or whatever." Yeah. Uh, it was like it was a lot that I a lot of people signed in. Every show <laughs> since then has been a little bit less, but still we're over a hundred people every show. Uh, now I feel I've gotten nice. good at it too. The format is you know it was new at first this is my fifth one that's coming up on july 24 uh now yep. remain to be seen now that things are opening up people can go to restaurant and bar and comedy club even though it's limited or whatever uh will people still want to watch an online show i don't i'll let you know on july 25th but uh it's yep. been it's been fun and i feel like i've got I, I found the right recipe too so i i do uh 25 maximum people on zoom so that it's manageable, right? I have one yep. screen of people. It's all fit on one screen. I can see them. I can hear them. And then I had like the rest of the people go on YouTube, which I have comments and stuff like that. But I'm kind of basing myself on the 25 people in Zoom, like Lars said, to see is this the material that's going to go good today? Yep. You know, and the last two show I did because the law, the laws have been lightened or whatever i was able to have people in the yard so last show i had like 12 people in my yard 25 on zoom and then like a hundred some on on youtube and uh i feel like i've gotten the hang of it like i switched between you know read a comment on youtube and zing somebody there and then a zoom person yawns or whatever that's awesome uh, or their wife walks by i'm like oh shit you're you know and then in the crowd eh. It's, I feel I had fun. The last one, I really had fun. I wasn't as stressed about because I had, I yeah. got used to the formula a little bit. And uh, and yeah, and we make a little bit of money out of it too. It's, it's nice. It would be nice to be able to just get on stage again. And uh, yeah, but it keeps, gives me something, something, right? To keep me sharp. That's one thing that I know about comedian. Like if you guys are confined <laughs> in a room, which is your house or whatever, and you don't do anything, you guys go berserk. You guys, you guys all have some sort of a, a ADHD or whatever issues. They need to just get it out. I don't know about you, Lars. Like I know you're a guy really, really disciplined. Lars is, I saw him live uh, many times actually is in Edmonton. I'm in Edmonton too. And Lars is the most disciplined, I think. 
tell me if I'm wrong, but he's on time, always like looking good, timing everyone. Yeah. And, it, and he's managing a lot of people too in those comedy nights. So, Well, and that's, I mean, when you, when you think of comedy and, and the rebellious nature of comedy, yeah. you really want to be known as the comedian who's the most punctual. That that yeah, I thought the rug would say something. Well, like, uh, well. we definitely went to a different school. Derek's <laughs> again. Derek's again is the bad boy of comedy, and they're like, and and now over to Lars Kellyo, he's on time. Yeah. <laughs> and he, iron, he irons his ties, and he irons his of, ties. Of, I, of of all of the comedians, he is he is by far the most organized <laughs> if you are looking for a spreadsheet let me tell you i've got the comedian for you <laughs> i don't know lars i don't know lars if you saw that that bit that he did uh, i think he was in uh, that was a private that was a big room but there was all people like dressing really nice and that looks like a, a how do you call that like that, that was a company i think uh, Derek, corporate, that you a corporate there. show a corporate show and uh, and the first thing there it's Derek says what what he got on stage like because Derek is he's raw right like he's there's no limitation to his to his commit to his comedy and that was just funny to see Derek on, on stage and looking at people I was like hmm I don't know I don't know if I'm at the right place here but hey mm -hmm. let's go with it and I, I think it went pretty good I saw that on YouTube Derek and I, I was laughing because I know your comedy I know what kind of comedy you do and I was like man I just I did, like I'm taking gig now that sometime I would have said no to in the past but I just booked a corporate Lars uh, through Howie Wagman in, uh, in Ottawa And uh, I get the gig sheet and it's all like corporate clean. Please don't say the F word, uh, the yada, yada, yada. And then a little memo from the client herself. Like, we're so looking forward to this. I'm such a big fan of Derek. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you a fan of me or do you want no fuck? I don't know which is what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Fucking fuck. Fuck. They clearly didn't do their homework. Yeah, you're a big I fan, but we want to see him fucking not do what he does i, I want <laughs> uh, yeah exactly exactly that's totally your color right so when you get derek's again you know what to expect so it's but like that, i that, really i really love this painter i would love to have them come over and cook me dinner <laughs> <laughs> there you go i had uh, also uh, lars uh, lars was really active too actually <laughs> active <laughs> Lars, I, I see. I see this as seriously. Uh, in, in the past, in the past month, I saw you more active than I had never seen you before. He started a, a movement right there. Uh, he's got a comedy a fire pit comedy show, right? And yeah, it, it seems amazing. You don't stop. You do how many show a day? Like twenty-two? Like Jesus Lord? Yeah. So, like Derek was saying, and like you were saying. We, we didn't get into comedy because uh, it wasn't altruistic. It wasn't noble. We got into comedy because we wanted to be the center of attention for an hour. <laughs> comedy is the most egomaniacal endeavor imaginable. And some of us have, you know, when I was a kid, I tried acting. I was in drama and I won the drama award in grade nine. So I just wanted to be on stage. That's all yeah. I wanted to do was be on stage. And eventually we figure out that if we're on stage as a stand-up comedian we get to be the star and the writer and the editor and we get to say whatever we want so it's yeah. like when you finally discover stand-up comedy you go oh shit this is this is the thing this is what i want to do because i'm not i don't have to answer to anybody like i can make my own ledger and if i'm out and all um and so 
I love performing and I, I've always loved performing. And, you know, in 17 years in comedy, I haven't had more than a week off in 16 years. You know, I haven't had a, four days off in the past 10 years. And so coming home from Australia and sitting at home for 46 days, all, you know, I did a couple of Zoom shows and I was like, I got to get in front of a live audience. And Alberta's numbers, especially northern Alberta, their coronavirus numbers were so low that they allowed outdoor gatherings right at the beginning of May, like end of April, beginning mm -hmm. of May, and they out opened it up to 15 people. And the second they opened it up to outdoor gatherings, yeah. I called a friend of mine. I called Norm Shaw, who owns a DJ company, and I said, I need to borrow a speaker. And, and I w w put on Twitter, I want to do a comedy show in your backyard. And so we did two on May 2nd. We did two shows on May 2nd. And then the following Thursday or, or Friday, we did one, no, two on the two on the ninth. And then the news, like CTV News came out and did yeah. a piece on the shows that we did on May 9th. And they ran it on the following Tuesday. And they ran it four times. They ran it twice on Tuesday, twice on Wednesday. Wow. And we had 70 yeah. bookings by the end of the that's, week. That's wow. incredible. Impressive. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah you've and done so, over 100 of these things now, eh? Yeah, last that's night was so 111. Good. So uh, we've done 111 wow. hour-long shows wow, in buddy. people's backyards around fire pits. And That's incredible. It, it, yeah. And so we've been doing <laughs> five, five every Saturday. Um, and so the idea, and we've, what I did, because I know how much other comedians love to perform, I took everything I've learned. I took all of the information. So, you know, make sure to bring your own mics or bring disinfectant or ask them to leave their gates open or have the power ready when you get there or all of the little things that I've learned. And I sent that email to anybody who asked free of charge. Any comedian wants to know how I'm doing this. I just had one from a comedian in South Carolina and he's like, hey, how are you doing these? I'm like, give me your email address. I'll send you all of my information. What I'm, you know, telling people like it's, it's, you know, pay by donation or like pay what you want, pay what you can. And I send this entire template of my fire pit comedy tour and I just send it to them free of charge. You can have it. I don't want money off it. I don't want to. Really? I just want. Yeah. If people are able to do this in their region, like, you know, certain Florida, they can't do it because they haven't opened up outdoor gatherings or there's certain places that haven't opened up outdoor gatherings. But they're now doing this fire pit comedy idea that I had. They're doing it in Las Vegas, in Houston, Texas, in they just did two shows in Brisbane, um, in wow. Tasmania and Australia. Uh, they just did one yesterday in Dublin, Ireland. Um, Jeez. And so, That's yeah. Awesome. And so they're Big Daddy Taz is doing them in Winnipeg. Uh, Miles Morrison's doing them in Saskatoon. Tim Nutt's doing them in Kelowna. Um, we have people on the East Coast. And I just took my, my everything I've learned. And you can just have it free of charge. I don't want to, I, I don't make money off. I'm not, I just want to be a comedian. That's all I right. want to do. <laughs> People have said, are you going to keep doing this when this is all over? Are you going to keep doing the backyard comedy? Are you going to keep doing the fire pit comedy? Fuck no, absolutely not. <laughs> and, and if you do, and if you do, it won't be pay what you want. It'll be pay no, what yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, That's so awesome. there's so many, yeah, so many little things that I've learned in doing this. Like, I never thought this, uh, fuck me. So birds chirping nonstop, right. uh, geese fucking honking. Then the loud neighbor mothers. down the street cutting his grass. <laughs> we had a guy yeah. last Saturday, 
I would be that. We one. had a guy last Saturday start his lawnmower five minutes into my set. Like nice. the next door neighbor started. And now it's, <laughs> it's Saturday at two o'clock. So that's when you cut your lawn. The guy probably yeah. was like, oh, I got to get out and cut my lawn. And we started, he, I've had fucking weed whacker, whipper snippers. And <laughs> it's funny, you know, so this is, this is fucking unreal. So, um, the loud mufflers get you and the sirens get you and the traffic helicopters yeah. have, have been over top of us like a whole bunch of times. Like the police helicopter came over us in one show. And so it's all of these little distractions. Yesterday, a fucking hot air balloon took off right next to the show. Get the hell out of here. Really? There's a video. Yep. Go to Fire Pit Comedy on Instagram <laughs> or Twitter. If you go to Fire Pit, there's a fucking balloon. The, the, I was yelling. I turned the speaker towards the hot air balloon and I was yes. yelling at them. And they were taking pictures from the hot air balloon. We're trying That's to amazing. find out if we can find the pictures from the hot air balloon. Cause I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm fucking sick. Like (laughs) by lawnmowers and mufflers and sirens and geese and dogs next door and, and fucking hot air balloons. And like, you've never been at a comedy show and had a hot air balloon take off in the club. Like you're like, Oh, there goes the fucking hot air balloon again. I, I can imagine Derek shirtless with his beer, cigarette, yelling at the fucking guy in his balloon. That would be. Oh, priceless. it would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would be priceless. Yeah. Uh, there and you pull out your bow and arrow, like <laughs> <laughs> heckle this. There you, yeah, there you go. You're coming down right now. So, yeah. yeah. Speak of heckler, that's something that I was really wondering. In a hundred shows, okay, whatever you did, a hundred and something, did you ever have like Uncle Tom in the back of the, you know, just half cut trying to talk louder than you and heckle you? Like how you deal with that? Because you're under, you're under turf. So there's, I learned <laughs> Uncle the very Tom, much. that's a great choice yeah, yeah. of words. Uncle Tom, <laughs> that, that's good. That, that, that's my uncle. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, he likes, he likes to show his, yeah, anyway. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they because it's their backyard they really do have a little bit more freedom in their own minds oh, to absolutely. talk to you so a lot of times they appreciate that you've made the effort to come to their house so they're appreciative and they get it and they haven't seen live entertainment in 90 days so there is a little bit more reverence than i thought there would be like people really people really respect it a little more than i thought they would Um, but because it is their backyard, you, you have to handle them with kid gloves. You know, you can't, you can't just lay the hammer down on people. And so there was one, one, it was a girl, a lady's birthday. Um, she had turned 35 or something and her best friend was drunk and her best friend was lippy. Oh, nice. And I lit her best friend up like a fucking pinball machine. (laughs) And I, but I couldn't get mean. And she was just not like for the whole 60 minutes, she was just shouting stuff out. If this was in a club, I would have annihilated her. And it was, <laughs> I was just like, I can't, this is the, the birthday girl's best friend. And you're just, you're there trying to dance this tightrope of trying to get her to shut up and doing it funny. But at the same time, like you're clearly, she is fucking up the show. And so it, it has made it, I'm grateful that people have respected the show more than I thought they would because we haven't run into that problem too often. Mm. But at the same time, the couple of times it has happened where it is a drunk idiot. And, and I mean, we've done, you know, I've done shows on a Greyhound bus. I've done shows at a zoo. I've done shows 
you know, in a, in 5,000 places. In so a I know library. To, Fuck, yeah. In a the library. Winnipeg Comedy <laughs> Festival. <laughs> Did you do that, Derek? Library? Yeah. We oh. do. That's every year we do one in the library in Winnipeg. Really? Yeah. It's, 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 Fuck, every time yeah, I go so. there, I talk a little bit. Everybody's like, shh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How the fuck do you achieve Shh, that? I'm using the free internet to jerk off at the library. Yeah. <laughs> That's delete, it. Delete story. Delete stories. <laughs> um, so it it, it had, there has been a couple of them that we've run into. Um, I, I think that there was there was this one. Ugh. So we show up at this backyard. It was one of the first weekends, so like mid May, and the lady has hired us for her parents 30th anniversary so norm and i walk into the yard we've got all our equipment we walk into the backyard and she didn't tell us it was a surprise because i would have texted her before so we roll into the backyard and i go there's all these people just staring at us and i go hi i'm lars this is norm (laughs) no idea (laughs) pleased to meet you lars and norm i'm like we're 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 comedians and the guy goes "I'm i'm a welder (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like are you guys having a fucking comedy show today and they're like no and i'm like what's going on and then the lady comes out of the house and she's like oh hey everybody i got as a comedian but i'm just standing in the backyard having this awkward staring contest with a bunch of people like holding all this hey how's it going oh thank god you're a welder my exhaust manifold is just falling off my car i thought i'd come and see if there was a welder around yeah so yeah it's been and and so on the canada day show um we did we had three shows on canada day and the and it was raining and the last show was a torrential downpour i mean it was pouring and they had a tent that they could have set up for me but it was the last show of the day so i'm like no and so i did an hour of comedy standing in the rain looking like i was in a cartoon like just (laughs) pouring down on me i saw that it was so, I mean, and I, it got so funny because I would go, well, it's got to let up eventually. And you know the sound when you hear the rain hitting a roof yeah. and then you can hear it start to hit faster. And like yeah. it's raining harder now and the drops are bigger. I'd be like, it's got to let up eventually. And then when I said that, in that moment, the rain started coming down harder. <laughs> and I'm just standing there like, <laughs> So, you know, yeah, it's been... It's been a real learning experience and oh. the distractions make it, the distractions make it really like, like Derek navigating his, his zoom and his YouTube stuff. And as he figures it out, as we learn how to make everything work, I've realized, I figure we're working four times harder than you would at an indoor venue, just as an estimate. I, I did this in my ledger. Like I have a spreadsheet where right, I've measured right. it out. I've been <laughs> um, there you go. I there think, you go. I, I, I know. <laughs> I figure we're working four times harder for a quarter of the usual money. So it is maybe not quite I mean, four times. It's probably more like pie. We're working pie harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three point one four one five. There you go. There you go. Seven that, nine. That's funny when you said that you got there and they said, "Well, I'm a wel- welder." I, I, I can imagine Derek said, "Well, okay. Well, what what are we building here?" Yeah. <laughs> he would have his pop say, "Okay, well, let's weld. Fuck it." <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, tell me, Lars. Uh, the um, you said it's pay what a lot of them were pay what they want pay. Donation, yeah. have you been more often pleasantly surprised or disappointed? 
Good question. Um, so I really wanted to make the show when I, so I just wanted to perform live again. Right. And so the first couple of shows we did for free, I didn't even, I just said, I just want to do a show. Nice, good and I didn't even think about charging for this. I wasn't, I didn't think the idea would take off. I thought I would do a half dozen shows. Like I thought mm -hmm. I'd do six shows. I'd get my, you know, fix for a little while until things started opening up indoors, but then CTV and then chorus radio and everybody featured it. And, you know, some places wrote articles about it. And so it, it took off like, you know, and we've been, um, so I didn't charge anything for the first three shows, nothing. Just, I didn't even think about charging it. Then when we came up with the pay what you can idea, um, I really stressed that if you're on assistance, if you're on CERB, if you have kids, a mortgage, don't buy a ticket when you see me in the future, you know, right. it'll come around. And so I really stressed just don't give me your money if, if you, you need don't it. have any. Yeah. Right. If you need it, keep it. I don't have kids. That's you know, I said, you know, go watch Derek's again show, donate to him. He has kids. He's got, you know, none. They have to look at their dad's my, shirtless. And my kids are yeah. making the exact same salary that I am right now, too. But they're, yeah. all, on, they're all on service. And yeah. Yet nobody else buys groceries or anything. What the fuck? <laughs> I was about to say, I hope you charge in a little bit something. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to make it accessible. That was the most yeah. important thing. And, and when I would have conversations with people, I, like, I go, look, if you've got it, you know, great, but don't like really. And then, and then people, I would say, you know, Have we been surprised or disappointed? Uh, I think we've been, that's a good question. A couple of them, man, there's a couple where they were like $2 million houses, these big fancy houses, and they had a whole bunch of people, nice. and they really stiffed us. Oh, like, really, oh, really. Yeah. yeah. And so. Um, that's the other thing. When you're seeing the people, you see them face to face. And then for me, like, because I did online, I did similar to you. I even on my website saying the next pandemic show is this day. Uh, I understand some people don't have money. So if you if you have no money or no credit card, whatever, because I, I, it was you had to pay a dollar. A minimum was a dollar, but you get to pick what you pay. And uh, and I said, if you don't even have a credit card, like you can't just DM me, like send me an email and I'll just give you the link for free. I'm not I don't want to exclude anybody. Oh, I want nice. this to be fun for everybody. You could pay as low as a dollar and you could pay as much as you want. And it was to the point where I actually put a limit of 100 because people were trying to give me too much money. I'm like, whoa, let's see. Um, take it easy. Oh, uh, <laughs> so I was I, honestly I was more often. I was always every I've done four. So the fifth one's coming up. I was pleasantly surprised at each one. Like it's a dollar and I would suggest five dollars. It was a dollar minimum suggested five dollar. And the average was probably like 10 or 20, 15, $20 that people you, were giving. Me. You know what? There's something we don't think about. So overall, I would say, I would say I was, um, I was happy, uh, you know, I, and so Norm who has, and I want to, talk about the people giving me the money. So yeah, yeah. Norm, Norm has been one of my best friends for the last 10 years. And um, he has had a DJ company for 30 years. So he's normally running 15 DJ rigs at weddings, at high school graduations, at mm -hmm. junior high graduations, at corporate events. So on a graduation weekend in June, he would normally make about you know, $20,000 to $40,000 with all of his DJ rigs working. And so what I've done with this, with what we've been earning is I just chop the money in half and I give half of it to Norm because he has booked me for so many corporate shows over the past 10 years 
that it would take me 300 of these shows to even come close to being even with him. So chopping the money in half for me is super easy because this is a, somebody who's a good friend of mine, B somebody who has a successful business that's not working at all and has four kids and their his kids are my friends. Like these are, you know, I'm actually the godfather to his, to his youngest daughter. And so nice. giving him half of everything, my sound is perfect. Um, he, you know, he's on time, he's presentable. He, so <coughs> working with Norm has been great. And you know, one of the things that I think did he do comedy before this? Yeah, he, he'd been, you would have, Oh, you might've met him at Okanagan when you came out and did it, but you would have met him just briefly. He wasn't doing long sets, but I think we might've put him on a show or two with you, but it would have okay. been like a five to seven minute spot. So yeah, so he's been doing comedy for seven or eight years, but not like because he has a business and he has all kinds of other endeavors and four kids. He wasn't doing a lot of stage time. So this he's certainly done a lot, a lot more stage no. time. Did you had any guesses, uh, by the way, uh, in your shows? Did you have some special guesses with you? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we've like we've actually been so busy that we've sent out other comedians on their own shows. Oh, so Norm has okay. been providing DJ equipment to these other comedians. So we've done 14 other shows that we weren't on. So altogether, we've booked about 125 of these. But um, and if wow. people want to see all, all the pictures are up on the Facebook page, fire pit comedy tour. So if you go to fire pit comedy tour and to answer your question from before, we've at, Norm has asked people to stay away from the fire pit name. So call it like backyard this or, or something right. else other than fire pit. That way Norm can have this when it's all done. Um, and so 14 other shows here that we've done, but we've also put on other comedians and didn't matter how much time, how little or how much time they did when they came and bounced on our shows, we've paid them. So everybody gets their share. Everybody gets, because it's like Derek where he, he has such a, a following and there's a lot of comedians who don't have Derek's following. And so if another comedian were to try and attempt what Derek is doing, it might not have the same response. And so for him to try and take this and share it, I feel like that's how I feel where I'm doing a, a fundraiser on my birthday this year in Edmonton on July 21st. And I really, it's for the Christmas Bureau. And I want to take this good fortune that we've had and I want to share it with anybody who's in need because it, it, performing is all I wanted to do. And when mm -hmm. Derek says that these people are, you know, giving him money and you realize the response is more than what you thought it was, give, giving people paying for something like this, it's a real service. It's a real, it's, it's, it's entertainment. They're paying for entertainment. <clears throat> They like you as a person. They want to do this. And somebody just said this to me yesterday when I was like, I don't, don't like, I was like trying to be dismissive. They go, no, it makes people feel good. It's proven that it releases endorphins when oh, somebody donates to yeah. or pays for. So when these people are doing this and paying you for your time, Derek, you're one of the best comedians I've ever seen. And uh, these people buddy. want to pay because A, they respect what you're doing and B, because it makes them feel good to, to, you know, pay and no, maybe think, know that they're helping me out yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe yeah that, that, it doesn't doesn't hurt that i parade my kids before the show i parade my kids in front of the camera looking all screws like i slash up their clothes and look like oh <laughs> look, don't they look hungry <laughs> they look so hungry <laughs> yeah that's awesome don't, don't. walking by with an empty bowl and a spoon please sir, please, have some more <laughs> with some ice cube in the bowl you know yeah. oh my god there ice go. cubes what are we rich we can't afford ice cubes <laughs> <laughs> just water that's, that's 
for, that's for rich people. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's amazing that Derek, I, I, I didn't know the, the full concept because uh, when I looked at your pen, Derek, uh, first of all, I missed it and I'm sorry for that because I would have definitely participated to it. And uh, the next one on the 24th, I'm, I'm already like, I'm waiting for it. I'm excited for it. And uh, I think it's amazing. Like I didn't mm. know the way how you guys take money and spe especially for Lars too. I know Lars has been so busy. I've been looking at him as like, fucking unreal and i didn't know that uh lars that you are kind of uh, almost like a free spirit you know you pay what you can and all that kind of thing like, <laughs> yeah it's it, i mean it's easy we just want to perform and and no, i yeah, i think it's sure. i think it's hilarious every time somebody tries to and i'm glad you guys are here and i'm glad you guys are comedians and fans of comedy Because too often people want to attribute this to a noble effort. They're like, oh, it's so great. You're bringing laughter to people. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about the people. I want to be the center of attention for an hour. I want these people to have to sit there and listen to me talk about what I think is funny for an hour. And I go, it's great that they laugh, but this is because I'm an egomaniac. I know, right? But, and in our old life, before this went sideways and the, the finance part was... We You know, you finish a show and they're paying you like five grand and they're like, oh, thank you so much for coming. And I'm like, it's really my pleasure. I was just <laughs> say whatever the fuck I want. You paid me money. You actually set me up at a really nice hotel. Thank you. And they're like, no, no, thank you. And I'm like, all right, but I'm serious. I'm really doing better in this than you are. <laughs> I just talked about my dick oh, for five grand. This exactly. Really, really yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really like that. that. That's freaking amazing. And uh, well, anyway, we're so, lucky. We're, we're so lucky to do this. And this yeah. has shown me how lucky I was before. And I still consider myself to be very lucky. Good. I'm, I'm sitting in my home. Uh, yeah. My children are fed. Uh, see, uh, yeah. uh, I still am able to, you know, survive. I just stopped paying my mortgage, whatever, but I'm still totally fine. <laughs> and uh, I feel terrible for people who, who like doing this manual labor. It's like, it's fun for me. But I, like I, when I finish like a hard working out in the yard, when it's super hot or whatever, at the end of the day, I'm like, that was hard work. I'm sore. My liver's sore because I was drinking all the way through it. See, And then I, I start to reflect on it. Now. I'm like, no, but seriously, it's, so many people do this every single day yeah. just to put food on the table where before this happened, I just talk about my dick and I'm driving around in a fucking luxury car. See, it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. that's awesome no that, that's funny because uh, well I don't know like I, I, I think Derek's Instagram is priceless I've been following him for a while and since the COVID I mean as I said I feel I feel like I live with the guy I wake up in the morning I see him and he's in his bed and hi guys it's all like fucking hangover or something content content it's uh, Lars you gotta you gotta check that out man it's fucking priceless and the he, guy uh, he, he won't follow me back on Instagram so I unfollowed him <laughs> <laughs> what, what a what ego team right? <laughs> it's of ego now. Jesus Christ no no it, it's funny fucking priceless and i watch this and my wife sometimes she's right above me and she's looking she's like who the fuck are you following what is that oh it's a shirtless man like he's getting drunker and drunker <laughs> Shit, I didn't and follow. we at the end of the day oh that's derek having a great time like <laughs> that's that's freaking amazing but but, but it's amazing uh, i mean i, I think i just followed you lars i just followed lars 
I thought I blocked you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. My fucking Instagram just uninstalled. What did you do? <laughs> That's fucking funny. There you go. Oh man, you're fucking hilarious. <laughs> Lars is gonna go and follow He's you. He's gone to check. He's gone to confirm that I'm not lying. Yeah. Like, well, uh, no, I, I was always wondering, doing all those things, like the the way you get get paid and all that. And and uh, and I talked to Lars before the. <laughs> He made me understand that it's not for the money and all that, and that's great. Soon as you guys doesn't feel like underpaid prostitute, I mean, it's is is the main thing, right? So we're definitely overpaid prostitutes. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's certainly interesting. So you know, when Derek and I would get to work together, you know, we do festivals together. You know, yeah. the corporate shows we did up in in the Yukon, we hang out like all day, and we just talk about life, you know, and you just hang out and just talk about stuff. But there is no sense of, we don't take this for granted. Like when I was having breakfast every day with, with Eric last January in Whitehorse, there is no like this, it, it, there is so much gratitude and it's, we're so grateful that we get to do this. And it's fun to hang around with somebody else who gets that manual labor is hard. Yeah. And, you know, he had just finished this massive national theater tour And when he was coming through, you know, his, you know, his manager's agent had messaged me because I know Alberta pretty well and said, I need some venues in Edmonton or Calgary for Derek to come through. And I gave him my favorite venues. And not only did he Which one? do well in the uh, Yellowhead Casino in nice. Calgary, nice. he did yes. so the Pearl Showroom. Yep. So I put them in touch for that part of the tour and then a couple other places in Alberta. And I said, do this room. These people are great to work with. And Derek sold out the first show like that. They had to add a second show at that venue. So the venue was happy and Derek was happy and his agent was happy. And, and so I feel his gratitude that we get to do this thing. We're so happy, um, man. Just, just yeah. like what you said, we're in Yukon. We're in the Yukon and we're being paid to be there. People pay to go on vacation there. We're getting paid to be there. Beautiful. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Beautiful. Like I have a, I have a, when I'm in Alberta, actually, I have a pilot buddy that flies me around because he was a fan and then he was like, Hey, I'll take you flying. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. And my kids are yeah. like, you're going to go flying with a stranger. What if he smashes into a, a, a mountain? I'm like, fuck kids. He owns a plane. He's got a lot to live for this guy. That's the last thing. That's the last <laughs> that's, thing he wants to do. <laughs> I'm like, I get to fly. And now we become friends. And like, so if I'm doing like Edmonton and Calgary back to back, he'll fly up, pick me up in Edmonton, fly me down to Calgary. Like talk about traveling in style. I'm a fucking, I tell big jokes and I have a private pilot. This pilot. Yeah. <laughs> we're so nice. lucky. We're so lucky. Like Lars travels the world. Doing oh, fuck. fucking jokes, unreal. It's so cool. We, We're so lucky. So lucky. Yeah. So if if any if if you have comedians who listen to this, one of the things that I think be. I've been really 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 uh, lucky is that so in 2015, so six years ago, I messaged a very funny comedian named Marcus Ryan. Oh, we should say Sean Secord, by the way. Sean yeah. Secord from Whitehorse, who, who's one of the organizers of of the Ride for Dad. Sean Secord is one of the best human beings, and so he's nice. the one who like. So, I mean, our green room is the nicest green room you've ever seen at any show ever. And the hotel's great. And really, the ride for dad in Whitehorse, Yukon, if you're a stand-up comedian, put that on your bucket list. Oh, man, they, yeah, so good. You know, Brian Belleville was just up there with Sterling Scott. I sent them up. I put them in contact. So, anyway, so I went to Australia in 2015 because my friend Marcus Ryan put me in touch with some of the org, uh, bookers at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. 
So the first year in 2015, when I did the Melbourne Comedy Festival, I did about 100 shows in 25 days. Wow. So you're just flat out. You're just, I mean, full throttle for 25 days. And ever since, what I've done is I've worked my year around the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So I'll go to Australia and I'll do Perth and Tasmania and then I'll do Melbourne and then I'll do Darwin and then I'll go to Asia. And so I work all the comedy clubs in Asia, which really um, uh, Tom Rhodes has been doing this for 20 years, is playing all these English speaking comedy clubs all over Asia. So you do you do Thailand and Vietnam and Kuala Lumpur and uh, Singapore and Hong Kong and the Philippines. And so you do all these English speaking comedy clubs. And I've made enough connections that now, and this is so fun. So if anybody's listened to the podcast at this point, anytime a Canadian messages to play these clubs in Asia, because the club owners are, have become friends of mine and they know I'm one of the Canadians that goes through, they'll message me and ask me about the comedian. <laughs> and they're like, what do you think of this guy? And so, and so I just had a comedian from Calgary, a wonderfully funny kid. And he had messaged them. Oh, actually, he's from Toronto. His name's Kyle. And so Kyle's very funny. And so I get a message from all the comedy clubs in Asia being like, well, hey, what do you think of this Kyle guy? And I go, oh, he's super funny. He's a funny kid. He's really funny. And um, so then I message Kyle and go, hey, you're going to Asia? And he's like, how did you know that? And I'm like, because if they're <laughs> Canadian, they message me ahead of time. And so if any of your comedians, when this opens back up, if any of them want the contacts for Asia, Make sure you're a, you have a really solid 30 minutes. Don't go over as, you can go over as an open micer, but don't misrepresent yourself because if you have 30 minutes that you've headlined the nest, if you've headlined any of the clubs in Canada, if you've headlined rumors, go there and knock it out of the park. Otherwise go there as an opening act and then go back and headline later. Because if you go and, and overrepresent how good you are, you won't get booked back. So yeah. I, don't, don't screw yourself like that. If you, if you are crushing at 30 minutes, go over there and headline. But if it's, you know, if, if you're not that strong yet, if you're not sure, if you don't stack up against Derek's again, don't tell them you're a headliner just yet. But I'd be happy to share all of those contacts for all of the comedy clubs. And the clubs treat you amazing. Like, it's called Comedy Club Bangkok, one of the, one of the clubs in Bangkok. And don't call it Bangkok Comedy Club. The owner uh, um, gets a little, it's called Comedy Club Bangkok. Okay. You, you get put up, you get put up at a five-star hotel. Wow. Legit turn down wow. service, fresh fruit in your room every time. The nicest breakfast buffet I've ever seen. They, they treat you so great and everything is so cheap. It's a dollar a beer. It's the food's so Jesus. cheap and it's so great. And they take you around on these tours and it's really amazing. And it's so cheap and the clubs are packed out. Like the club, really? Comedy Club Bangkok seats 120 people. It is to the rafters, like wow. 120 people jammed in as tightly as you can jam them in. And here's a self-important moment that um, I, when I see somebody crush like Nikki Payne crushes, like I've seen Nikki Payne kill so hard that I, I can't ever imagine coming close to that. That's killing. The closest I've ever come, and I've certainly never come all that close. It's like... It, to Nikki Payne, you, 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 you do well. Well, man. she's she don't be so modest. Oh, she's, so I'm, <laughs> she, I'm yeah. in Comedy Club Bangkok. I was just Saturday about night, to say, and so the crowd is laughing so hard when I did my closer. It's the only time in 17 years, the only time where I ever in my brain went, I could mic drop this and it wouldn't be out of place. Like I, like, <laughs> <laughs> on the floor, and I, I was awesome. like, I, I have it recorded. 
And I was like, they were laughing so hard at my closer that I could have just went, thank you, good night. But I wouldn't want the MC to have to bend down and pick up the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> well, but sometimes it's necessary, you know? Like, no, I wouldn't dream of doing that. But in my, in my, in, in 5,000 shows, that's the only time in my head I'm like, oh man, if this was my microphone and there was no host, I would have dropped that mic. <laughs> well, that's one out of 5,000. So it was, so the, well, yeah. I, I, I got to say something about uh, Derek, by the way. Uh, Derek, the, you're, you're uh, in 2013 when you did that bit uh, on, uh, I, think it's, I think you're really famous for that one, the new Fee Octopus, right? Yeah. And uh, if it's something that I was really surprised, you didn't drop the mic after that bit. That was, I, I show, I show this, this stand-up to, to all my friends and they never heard of you just because, you know, here in Canada, it's a, maybe a different market. I don't know. Right. But everybody, like my, my partner, because I, I own a business, my partner watched it just last week. I said, I'm having that guy on my podcast. He's like, okay, well, show me. And he watched this. He was like, fuck, that guy is fucking just mm -hmm. amazing. And same thing, I show Lars too. I, I like your bit when you talk about the airport when, uh, when, your friend, <laughs> when your friend came back and he said, well, by the way, my friend's got a fucking few kilo of hashish in his <laughs> I'm like, you know, like it's a great close. You, you, you guys are fucking close of you. And I, I, I think, I think Derek should, should, have you ever experienced Asia? No, uh, Lars and I have talked about it. I just, oh. I, I have kids. So I'm just now my yeah. youngest is finally old enough that I wouldn't, well, she wants nothing to do with me anyway. So I could be gone for two weeks. She probably wouldn't even, <laughs> probably wouldn't even notice. She'd be like, Hey, are we running low on milk? What the fuck? What is that? <laughs> That's fucking funny. You, you know, I've been, I've been in Asia. My kids are uh, half Filipino. I, I was with a Filipino uh, lady for, uh, for 11 years. Uh, my best friend still. And I, I did travel Asia. And in Asia, there's some bar, as Lars said. There's some English bar that people take pride to go there and actually speak English because that's what they want to do. They want to speak English. Yeah. They want to understand what's going on. And, and, and it's big. And you got people with so much money that goes there. I don't know if you met those people, uh, Lars, but I did met some guys. They're, they are like filthy rich. And yeah. I, oh, yeah. So when we, we landed in Hong Kong, 2016, it would have been, um, uh, it would have been St. Patrick's day in 2016. And so we were partying with two guys. I believe they were American and, but they live in Hong Kong two, two, and, nine. Two, two, two Irish guy? Uh, yeah, yeah. St. Well, Patrick, they, they do that over there? That, that just really surprised me. Oh, yeah. So oh, okay. we, these, these guys were bringing, they had brought over a New York restaurateur because they were opening up one of these top-level restaurants in Hong Kong, but they had to pay, like, a lot of money to bring this guy over. Yeah. So I was partying with these two wealthy guys on St. Patrick's Day in Hong Kong The, if you have a hundred million dollars, life is very different for you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, it's they, unreal. They owned the nightclub that they took us to after and like yeah. bottle service. And I mean, they were super nice guys, but I was like, this is Women's. a world I am not a part of. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah, they, 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 they bring you exactly, as you said, right? The bottle service, you got women's with them and everything. It's freaking amazing. Like it's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so, and the, you know, the clubs that are in, so, If you haven't read this, there's actually, if you Google Vietnam comedy, New York Times. So the New York Times did a piece last year on comedy in Vietnam. 
So the Vietnam comedy scene is starting to take off. Well, all of the people that run those shows, they're friends of mine now. And I'm not saying that, you know, I, I don't use the term lightly. They're actually friends of mine. They're people that I hang out with every year that, you know, when they, I actually brought one of them over. Uh, she lives in Ho Chi Minh, but she's originally from Hawaii. So Angie, she came over and did um, my comedy festivals this past year. And so she's, I mean, she's a good friend. And when I saw her featured in the New York times, I was like, this is amazing. I could, I was so That's excited. So cool. Yeah. And so there was really a, one of my favorite um, moments in global comedy Two P. there's a Canadian and American who were helping run comedy in Ho Chi Minh in Vietnam in Saigon. And so they were moving to Germany. So I put them in touch with my friend in Germany who organizes comedy in Cologne. And within like a month, they were working together on comedy shows. Oh, and wow. so my, my, my Canadian American friends who live in Vietnam are now working with my friends in Germany. And there's a comedy club in Cologne, Germany or Cologne, if you're German in Cologne and it's called Boeing and they do an English speaking comedy show. Yeah, it's great. So if you just Google Boeing in Cologne, Germany, I just it is packed. Yeah. It's packed out. Like, this completely sold out 100 120 people 150 people jammed into this club in cologne germany and the the crowds are i mean off the hook and it's it's run by a guy by the name of manuel wolf manuel wolf and uh, he's great he's a very funny comedian so it's if anybody needs a hand i don't have any connections in africa but the rest of you know most other places i can i can sort people out and it's you're all Pretty over. Lucky. You're all yeah, over. I, I don't have connections in Africa, but the rest of the world. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I I'm mean, I'm, I'm stoked now. It's time for Panderek to go international. Well, I, was, I was about <laughs> to say, I was about to say, Derek, you guys should fucking connect and you need to, to expand. Like, Derek is a fucking beast on the stage. He oh, yeah. The oh, fucking thanks, stage. No, no, seriously. Like, it, it, even Lars, I, I, as I said, I saw Lars live. And I saw Lars like managing so many comedian and giving his intake. You know, he, he helped a lot of people here in the in the. He helps a lot of comedians. He's quite uh, he's quite thoughtful that way. He's a he, very uh, he's my hero. Here, 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 here is my dog. Well, do, do you have a tattoo with his name on? <laughs> now, now I follow him. No, now but, I follow him on uh, Instagram too. So, so. Seriously, Derek, 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 I, uh, you, you, you just enter a new world, a new world. But I think, I think for Lars to see you Instagram, I think that's going to be even more entertaining because you're, you're the fucking man on Instagram. I got to say that, man. You make me laugh every day because you're just content. You know, I still don't even understand how it works either. I'm always talking. The fucking it's only one minute. See, I'm still talking, and it's like the fucking thing's not recording. Like, ah, I guess those last 20 seconds weren't that important. Just, I'm not going to start over. I'm not, life to live. That was that was an Instagram uh, particularly that really made me. I uh, watch my my 14 year old will fucking take a crack at the same TikTok like 700 times over a week period, and I'm like. Just talk content. Hey, I built the bar. And then I run out of time oh. as I'm trying to promote my merch. And also, if you go to my website, I'm selling. And then the video just ends. I'm like, no wonder I'm not <laughs> moving any T-shirts. I've got fucking 300 T-shirts in my bedroom. I say I never get to it. Never well, get to promoting. First of all, I'm going to need the exact T-shirt you got. I think it's fucking genius. I love it. Thanks. With the mask and all that, it's fucking amazing. And that's totally directs again. Uh, Lars, I mean... Being in Edmonton for, well, I've been in Alberta for 20 years 
And uh, the main the main comedian that everybody talk about when he does an event and all that, that's Lars. Lars Caio is he is the guy. Like you, you go to a urban tavern. I was there like religiously, and I, I talked to him a few times. But Lars is so busy; he doesn't even know who the fuck I am. Which sure, fine. I fuck, <laughs> It's like you're easy to identify. I got I, I got I I got your uh, your business card still because I was uh, I was partner in a bar, but unfortunately the bar went down. But whatever, uh, I wanted to bring comedian, but uh, it never happened. But uh, you would be the. The, the person I would call for to, you know, to get a good. Yeah. And, when and we, when we met, sorry to interrupt, when we met at all those times at urban tavern, so I absolutely knew who you were because it's very identifiable. I thought every time I met you, you were doing a Derek's again impression. I didn't know that. Like <laughs> <was> <laughs> yeah. a guy stealing uh, my act on this podcast. <laughs> Derek, 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 have a, okay. I'll, I'll tell a funny story about Derek. that he doesn't know about. No, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know what? Like, I, I've been, uh, I'm a big fan of comedy, first of all. And somebody sent me a link that one day that was Derek Seguin, uh, the bit that he did about the, uh, the new fee octopus, right? And, and I couldn't believe that that guy was from Quebec. And I know all the Quebec uh, comedian, like even the new one, the old one. And I'm like, why in 20 years, I never heard of that guy before. And I'm talking about like few years back. Uh, and that guy was the funniest fucking guy. I'm like, man, like, and I, I, I heard after that, that Derek choose to, uh, to do a lot of his career uh, in English and in the States, which is, you're really, you're really doing good there. Uh, but that was I was just. I don't work. I don't work in the states. Did, did you? Did you work in the states a little bit? I, only, I did America's Got Talent. But, oh, you uh, did that. No, okay. Yes. No. I, I don't. Have no, you I don't have papers. I don't have you, papers to work in the states. But you did. You did. You did everything in English. In the, yeah. the, the English world, and even then, and and I was like, fuck, the guy is like fucking big. I never heard of him. That is not cool because he's from Quebec. He's from Montreal. He's well known in Montreal in the English part of it, but there's a lot of French people there that ne that that oh, unfortunately no. uh, don't know who I am. That I that know. don't know who you are, and you you're the <laughs> fucking funniest motherfucker I ever fucking seen. Like what? Thanks, man. Like seriously. So after there's, that, after that, I like I like to go to the IGO with uh, people harassing me. That's I like to stay unknown where oh, I live. Oh please, <laughs> you like you like when people harass you. Come on, no, no, no. But 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 seriously, like, I, I was shocked. I was like, fuck, that's amazing. Like we, we have those people, and we don't, you know. So I think it's really important. Like, and and Derek came in Alberta, as Lars said, and I missed that. And I would like to see that again. Like. When the things start going well again, Lars, you have you have to bring him back to us. Oh yeah, you know you, you have you know. To, to to bring the beast back to us, and so we can enjoy him. Like Jesus, <laughs> you, you know what's uh, there's a great I like the quote, um, and it was applicable to business, but certainly comedy. And it takes 15 years to make an overnight success. Right. So I, I like. There's also a great um, quote. It was used in a in a. Um, uh, Martin Luther King speech, but it's actually not a Martin Luther King quote. And, and the quote is, uh, the arc of time is long, but it bends towards justice. Mm -hmm. So when we see somebody of Derek's caliber, when we see somebody of his talent, when we see somebody and go, how is this guy not the most famous person? 
the arc of time is long, but it bends towards justice. Now, as Derek tours the country, his venues are getting bigger and bigger, and now he's in theaters. So when you saw him two years ago, as he was in that 14, 15 year just about to break. And I mean, that's when Russell Peters broke. That's when Kevin Hart broke. That's when like all of the big names did comedy for 15 years. And then they became the name that, that was, you know, that they, that they earned it over time. And so I love you seeing somebody and you go how, and so for Derek to make a deliberate choice to do comedy in English and saying like, I'm going to do this because I see a niche here where I can get to these places that nobody else has thought of. And so or very few people have thought of. So I like it when somebody goes, sees a comedian go, how's this guy? It's like when we all discovered oh, Mitch yeah, Hedberg. You know, Mitch Hedberg in the beginning, we're like, how's this guy not? And and Mitch Hedberg has a line where he goes, uh, he goes, uh, people ask me why I'm not a household name. And he said, it's because all of my fans live in apartments. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that, that's, a, that's, a answer. that's amazing. That's amazing. Yes. Just to so, show my luck too. My, I hit my 15 year anniversary on April 18th. What? In the middle, hey, in the middle of nice. the pandemic. Right. right when I was <laughs> right. The justice of what? right when I was due to explode. Dick jokes were illegal. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I think it's, yeah. No, no, go it, ahead. It makes it makes me, it, I love it when somebody feels that way about a comedian because as everybody starts to now, it's bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, he's selling theaters now. It's really cool. I mean, the, the theater tour he was on just before or just after we did the Yukon last year was like incredible. You oh, get to fuck. be one of the people who say you were in on that first. I'm, I'm so. Uh, first. It's like the people who discovered. I, I wish I was there, guys. Like for stuff like that, it's so amazing. And and, and there's one thing uh, in Montreal, uh, Lars, that you probably know about. Uh, funny as it is, in Montreal we have a school they call uh, the National Comedy uh, School, right? So it, it seems sometimes, like in Montreal, if people doesn't go through that school, they don't have notoriety. Like they're like, "Well, you, did you go to the school or whatever?" I don't know if you feel like that, Derek. It's but, funny, yeah. When I do do French comedy there they're always like oh did you go to l'école nationale i'm like uh, yeah. no i'm uh, autodidact so yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, like, yeah. I'm self-taught <laughs> and they're like oh wow that's fit oh, yeah interesting we didn't know that it was possible <laughs> and, and it, it's it's such a weird thing i think the école nationale de l'humour that that's the real name for it lars uh it, it's a great place to learn stuff but I think being a comedian, I think it's something that you're born with. I think because comedian will notice everything that's going on around them and they will make a story with it. And I don't think it's something you can teach someone. If I go there myself, I'm not a comedian. And even if I want to become a comedian and they teach me those things, I don't think I can achieve that i think it's something natural that you got inside yeah. you because you lars mm -hmm. per example you never you, you never went to a school for the beauty, yeah. the beauty of the legal national is if you have twenty thousand yeah. dollars uh you at the end of it they send you on tour to do theaters but twenty thousand dollars to get on a theater tour <laughs> but, but 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 let's be honest like uh we have a lot of comedians in montreal it's well known for that and they're not all good 
which is normal. <laughs> I mean, it comes yeah. with experience. Yeah. It comes with experience, but it's not because you go to a school to teach you to be a comedian that you're going to become a big comedian. I think inside me that it's something you got or you don't. Mm-hmm. It's not something you can teach someone. And that's my own perspective. I don't know about you guys, but I know Lars and I'm pretty sure Lars never went to school to become a comedian because his parents will say, hey, now go get a real job because Lars worked in the oil field like I do. Yeah, it's, um, well, my parents were professional musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. so. That's where you so, got all your, uh, your, 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 uh, your, uh, your discipline and everything, right? Yeah, and so I, that's, I watched my parents. Uh, so they had a, a hit record in 1980, um, charted on Billboard, made it up to number 19 on Billboard. Really? And yeah, mm-hmm. and so when I was six years old, we started touring with the band. And it was, uh, I imagine I posted a picture somewhere. So if you look for the hashtag, uh, Instagram or Twitter, uh, and also follow, follow Derek's again on there. He's very funny. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the hashtag part-time country star. So you'll see my dad's album. So part-time country star was the name of the album and then the song that charted. And so I watched my parents rehearse every day. So I watched my parents sit down and learn new songs for a couple of hours every day. And then I watched them um, send out promo material every single day. So back in the 80s, they would actually get a manila envelope. They would put in one of their records. It was even yeah. it was back in vinyl days. And then they would put in some of their, like a headshot for the band and, and, and a bunch of other stuff. And then they would have to write the hotel names on it and mail it out and then call the hotel a week later or two weeks later to get the bookings. And I watched them do this for eight years of my life. We didn't have a house. We traveled from hotel to hotel 50 weeks a year oh, for wow. eight years. And so I watched them shine their shoes and iron their shirts before every show. And so I watched these professional musicians treat it with discipline, treat it with respect. It doesn't matter if they were on the Tommy Hunter show or if they were playing a little bar in Red Deer, Alberta, they treated those shows equally. And that's why I show up on time. I iron my ties. I don't actually iron my ties, but that's very funny. And <laughs> I was about to say that's a little, that's a little no, no, much. But he often, but he often wears a tie. He, just, he tries. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I got that from my parents in the way that they treated the industry of entertainment like it was a job. And I love it more than anything. And I don't ever feel like it's work. But I mean, that's where that all came from. And so, you're right. There's this. Um, Well, right before that, we were just talking about something with Derek. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah, Derek's uh, funny in a with no shirt on. <laughs> oh yeah, he could be burnt. He could be burnt. He could. I think Derek is fucking amazing without a shirt. I think he doesn't need to wear anything. Lars is wearing suits. Lars is wearing suits. I'm doing shows on bed and I'm just like, ah oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Huge respect. So whether whether yeah whether or not you can teach somebody to be a comedian. So I think comedians, um, I think comedians really are born, like you said, and, and somebody once wrote, in order to be a comedian, you need to be pessimistic. I don't agree with that. I don't think you have to be pessimistic to be a comedian. I think you have to be skeptical. Mm -hmm. So when you see a comedian do a really great bit, what happens is, is they go, wait a minute, why is that the way it is? And you're skeptical of what you see around you. And so you question things. And you want to point out to other people, hey, I noticed this thing 
you know, and, and, you know, talking about like airline food, like, uh, you know, an old Seinfeld bit where like, is there, there's grill marks on the airline food. What if they got a barbecue in the back or whatever the joke <laughs> is? You're like, why is uh, there grill marks on all the airplane joke from the American? Yeah. Yeah. And actually Tim Minchin, who does a musical comedian, you guys probably know Tim Minchin. He's so look up Tim Minchin. Yeah. If you're, he was like, yeah, it's great. But he had, so he did a stand up set at just for last in 2010. And he, he got, he got on stage and he goes, what's the deal with airline food that perplexes bad comedians? <laughs> awesome. Funny. I have a funny yeah. Tim Minchin story. I went to um, Tim Minchin, uh, Danny Boy, and uh, let's see. He's a British comedian, friends with Tim, wears a lot of makeup. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, fuck no yeah. Fielding? No Fielding, yeah. yeah. I went with those three guys. Louis C.K. was there too, and that guy's uh, Nick, fucking Nick DePaulo, whatever. But we, uh, Bruce Hills, bought us a, a a chunk of ticket, a box. We had a box at the Toronto Blue Jays game. So I was there with Tim Minchin, Danny Boy from uh, Ireland, yeah, Danny Ireland, was amazing, and yeah. uh, Noel Fielding from uh, from Britain as well, uh, watching their first ever baseball game. And they, somebody hit a home run, and I remember Tim going, "Ah." <laughs> who's gonna go who's gonna go get the ball <laughs> no I think it was Danny Boy that said that anyway it was very funny to watch these guys watching baseball it was like nothing like how come they can't like they hit a foul ball and they're like yay because in, in cricket you can hit it behind you and they're like yeah that was a great good shot <laughs> like no no that's nothing awesome. nothing awesome. happened there that is the nothing that's a, that means nothing happened and they're like but it was so good they made it go all the way behind the bucket <laughs> oh wow and russell peters threw out the first pitch and he was not a ball athlete but oh, russell's God, a, no. a boxer and he threw the pitch was worse than that 50 cent shot that uh, first pitch <laughs> Fuck, he didn't I, even he didn't even make it halfway the home plate I, I met I, I met Russell Peters for the first time at the stripper club in Vancouver, and uh, when he's drunk, he's quite of a funny guy. I will tell you that much. He, he's a gentleman. <laughs> he's a gentleman, by the way. He must uh, be drunk all the time because he is a very funny I, guy. <laughs> I will I will tell you something. He's something special, and uh, that was him in the bar, and that was Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh and I went, I went, no yeah, yeah. And I went to Jean-Claude Van Damme, me being drunk again. I said, Hey, Jean-Claude, you speak French. And I start speaking French to him. And he looked at me after, like, I would say two minutes of the conversation. And he's like, Well, do you want me to uh, practice my drop kick on you or something? I'm like, Oh, okay, okay <laughs> I, I'm out of here. I'm sorry, buddy. Like, you know, because everybody goes to them, right? Like, I was the drunk guy, just like, oh. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So that's where I, I met Russell Peter. And funny as it is, that was him, Jacques Van Damme, and uh, Jesus, the Greek comedian, the, the English. Angelo Tsaroukis. Yes! yes. One of it's Russell's was, best friend. Buddy, yeah. I, I was. That guy is funny. He's amazing. Oh, He's yeah. Hilarious, hilarious! What a, what a good time! But anyway, yeah, that that was uh, my experience with that. But you guys keep your uh, COVID uh, pretty uh, busy. I wish uh, I I got uh, I got in lockdown too myself because uh, I had a little cold 
And I've been told that I have to stay home and I spend like a month at home. And I will tell you something in a month, I don't know if I'm the only one, but in a month I gained so much weight <laughs> from eating shit, doing nothing, watching Netflix. I watch, I think Tiger King like twice in the loop. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, it makes you feel good about yourself. Right. And to the point that like four days, I didn't even shower, change my clothes, underwear, whatever. <laughs> To the point that my girlfriend looked at me, she said, okay, Carl, you, 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 need, you need to go and clean up and get your dignity back. You know, like that, that was that bad. So I'm wow. glad to see, I'm glad. Yeah, he's like, wow, yeah, wow come on. Tell, wow. me, tell me you never <laughs> been there. But anyway, <laughs> let's be honest. That, that was crazy. Like for me, that was vacation. I'm like, well, I'm getting paid to, uh, to have a vacation. So, but anyway, that, that, that was great. And that, that's the time that I follow you guys and watch you guys every day and everything you guys do and many other comedians too. And I, I think it's amazing that you guys made that really, really productive. And Derek, as I said, fuck people needs to follow him on Instagram. It's oh, priceless. Uh, seriously, uh, uh, Lars, you, you need to do it. Unblock. Oh, I already followed him. I Unblock him. him watch. <laughs> You're going to know everything about Derek again, even to the point <laughs> that he's fixing a car that, to me, that was a car that should go to the dump. Shut but up. We just went to Canadian Tire today to buy new brakes for that same car. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> that My was- son's sitting right there. He said the same thing. He's like, really? $400 for brakes? The car shit. I'm like, this is the best car you will ever own. <laughs> We're fixing it. Cars need brakes. Fuck! I, I started with a Dodge Omni 81 when I was young. I didn't. Oh my have god, it. that's what I had too. My uh, Plymouth Horizon, same car. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was same same shit. I didn't have any brake, and after a year, my mom discovered I didn't have any brake, and she called me crazy. I was stopping at lights. I have to do my pattern every time I go to anywhere because I didn't want to have any hills or whatever. So sometimes I would have to get out, open the door, put my foot down, and stop. No way. Car, you know? That's oh yeah. Oh no yeah. Way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would not do that today, but I did. <laughs> With my Plymouth Horizon, I didn't even have to stick my foot out the door because the floor had rusted out of the oh my God. My- <laughs> That's good when I you start a- seeing the pavement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a 79 Chevette. Oh, and wow. when I So this, this story, oh, uh, I was 16 years old. I was working at a gas station. And one of the guys who used to work at the gas station came in and he goes, I'm moving to Calgary. I got to sell my car. And, and, uh, he goes, so it's worth $300. Can we, you want to buy it? And I said, I'll give you a hundred dollars to take it and I'll buy it from you for a hundred dollars. Cause he had, he was, Oh man, it's worth more than that. And I go, I'll give you a hundred dollars and everything you can carry out of the store in one load. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I remember, I remember. I remember those Chevette, uh, Lars, that, that was funny because back in the day, we're about the same age. I'm 43 years old. Back in the day, the fun for people that was to take a Chevette and put a big engine in it. They would put, a, they, they would put like an eight cylinder in a little fucking Chevette and they were so proud to just like fucking beat like the, the Mustang or whatever. Like, that's yeah. Cool. Eight cylinder Mine. and a Chevette. Two of the cylinders are in the trunk, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> my my car didn't have the, the ignition; wouldn't work. So what I had was I had two wires that were wrapped around the steering wheel. So when you got in the car, you just had to touch the two wires together, and it would start nice. the car. And then you just had to make sure they were not together. <laughs> my Guyver style. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. That actually, what do you say that? Seventy nine Chevette L- looks like a Mike Giver style, you know. When he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we call it here in Quebec, Lars. It's Mike Giver. Yeah, Mike Giver. That's, that's right. Yeah, it's that. good old Mike. Yeah, Mike, Mike Giver. Good and old Mike. Mike. He's really good at the patatage. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Tape and Mike Giver. Fuck. Speak of car, I know it's out of subject and whatever. I had a Capri. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, the police car. The, the Capri? No, 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 no. Is it Capri? Yeah, no, it is. That, that was yeah. an imitation of Mustang back in the day. Do you oh, oh, okay. It's Plymouth Capri. Hmm. And you had yeah, the Ford the Mustang. The Capri, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, the Capri, uh, and, and these freaking cars—they were just like Mustang. And I wanted be—I wanted to be really cool. And I put some lights in front. That was a bar light that that do like uh, you remember the the TV show with the Night Rider, Night Rider, Night Rider yeah. yeah. So I had that, and you know, I was not successful. That was that, that, <laughs> that never that never Meaning really worked well. Didn't get one blowjob out of the. Question direct for you, and that's really important, and I think it's important for everyone here. Uh, the new Fi Octopus. Yeah, Angela is her name. Angela, are you, you met still, her, Lars? Are, 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 are you still with oh, yeah. Angela? Yeah, yeah, I'm still with her. Okay, cool. Because my next question was, what's her phone number? <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. So that was a real story, kind of, sort. Uh, yeah, not if you ask her, but yeah, I think it's real. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that's amazing. That, that was that was the funniest thing. And, and another thing uh, that that's funny because uh, I put your video when you were doing your bit on the uh, on the kids, you know, the peanut butter and all that. Right. And, and I will tell you something. I had like bunch of women here, all my my girlfriends friends and we put that on tv and i never had so many fucking high five like yeah that is so real <laughs> fuck that guy's amazing like fuck, fuck you tyler <laughs> yeah fuck you tyler that's pretty <laughs> awesome hey guys seriously you guys are fucking amazing thank you for being there but there's one thing that i want to know okay we have the covid time and all that where everything everything is restricted but i would like to know if you guys have any project or something you guys writing i'm sure you guys did something for the post-covid time and if you guys want to talk about it i think it's the right time right now like derek do you have anything coming for you like post-covid this way it's all up in the air right now you don't like i have things in my my agenda whatever but uh will they happen we don't know i'm having things still being canceled for october and november because yeah. people are not certain, whatever. But I do have that the Panderek Volume 5 show happening on July yes, 24th. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, we Fuck, we need, we, yeah, exactly. Seriously, so uh, what, what is it, uh, Derek? It's DerekSegain.com? DerekSegain.com, yeah. Panderek. The Panderek. I and will promise T-shirts you. available and three yeah. different albums. Here's my latest album called Panderek First Wave. Perfect. I, I think take this, Lars, you'll appreciate this. I take my new album on March 14th. Oh, my God. The wow. last night of shows, I taped it. Oh, and I was going to yes. try to put out one long one, but I'm like, fuck it. This might be the last shows I ever do. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. So I'm going to release two. This is the first wave, and the second one's going to be called like End of Times or fucking The End is Near or something. <laughs> uh, Derek, uh, I will commit myself to buy one of your t-shirts for me and my girlfriend for sure. You're Sweet. fucking amazing. I will buy your album. I fucking love you. You're amazing. You're a beast. Uh, Mr. Lars, seriously, I will 
do something with you and it's really important. I got a company and we got employees and I want to book you and we'll do that later. But I, I really want to book you because I need you to come and put a smile in my people's fucking face. They need it. And I think that's going to be amazing. We'll fix something, me and you. Is there anything you want to promote right now, Lars, is the time for? Yeah, perfect. So uh, I'm working on a new project called Pan Lars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got my new uh, album here. So uh, oh, online. The, uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> go. I also go sell go fire on. pits. I also sell yeah. fire pits. So. <laughs> I sell wood. I sell wood. I cut wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I've good. actually, um, <laughs> I've actually been selling brakes at Canadian Tire. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that like, that's that's great. That's great. What I've done, I, I'm just in the parking lot. So what I do is I buy them for 250 bucks, and then I get some young kid to come in, and I tell them they're 400. Um, and their dad oh, Jesus. just buys them out of the back of my car in the parking lot. Take, um, take, take advantage of young kids. Okay. No, no, I'm just, yeah. I'm, ju I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, and so, yeah, so uh, you can, uh, all my dates are actually up at derricksagain.com. <laughs> so if you. <laughs> That's awesome. Seriously, um, Lars, you've been really busy, but we, we will keep you busy. And I think it's important, especially here in Alberta. And, and yeah. Uh, one thing, I, seriously, it's really important. You uh, bring Derek again in Alberta again, please. Yeah, oh, I promise you that. So, and here, I'll, and you I'll should come so. to Montreal, Lars. You should come to Montreal, stay yeah. at the house, enjoy my yard that is completely built up with wood. <laughs> nice. uh, so, if the, if people are on social media, my uh, my Instagram and Twitter are extra, like the word extra extra, and then Lars. So, extra Lars. Um, and if you're in Alberta, or actually, you know what? If you're anywhere. And you wanted a, a fire pit comedy tour show if your area is opened up. I have friends. We have friends in every city, every state, every province, every territory. We can find you a comedian. I don't charge anything for it. You're just going to give the money right to the comedians. Um, you, you know, I don't. I'm not a booking agent. I don't want to. I don't want to be a booker. So I just send. And if there's comedians out there who want our information about the fire pit comedy tour, happy to send that to you free of charge. And um, book book a entertainment you can book a musician in your backyard if stuff hasn't opened up you can book a comedian book improv um book somebody if you if you're still liquid if you still have some money and you're working mm -hmm. book entertainment they would appreciate it you're going to help keep them alive mm -hmm. um and watch Derek's stuff on instagram i've been following him for like 20 30 Minute. minutes minutes and <laughs> Um, that's awesome and so i'm such a fan of what he does and i every time we get to do a festival together we get to do shows he's somebody that i really enjoy hanging around with he's a friend of mine and, and somebody who's wonderfully funny so it's mutual uh, you, i love you i love you back yeah i love you too well, and so thanks for having us gentlemen you, you, it, you know what a, a dream for me that would be to go to one of your comedy together and have a beer with you guys together because I, I i know you guys are fun you're fucking amazing i i Cersei, like I can't, I cannot thank you enough to just show up, not being on that fucking creepy list. Thank you for that. And, <laughs> now we talk about it, but but you know it's just what's going on right now. But Cersei, guys, thank you very much, and you know what? Thank you very much. You guys thank you, guys. Thank you for having. Me.